Hello and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I've got my good friend and brother, Jonathan Jenkins, back with us today. Uh, We are in this uh, midst of a small mini-series of lessons that we can learn from the book of 1 Peter. And then when we wrap this up today, we'll move on to the book of 2 Peter. So we hope that some of these lessons that we are bringing out, uh, that they will help you in the context of weathering the storm. And of course, you might have different verses that jump out to you and mean something to you, but we just want to share with you a little bit of kind of how these verses have helped us. And hopefully, again, they can they can help you in some way. And so we're going to get right into it. I'm going to start off with 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And so what we want to do is we're just going to read these, and we're going to share a few thoughts, and we're going to bounce it back and forth. So for you who are listening, if you're in a place where you can open your Bible, that'd be great. Uh, but if not, if you can listen to these references, go back, read them and study them for yourself. And again, we just hope that we can help somebody and ultimately glorify God through this effort. Uh, before we dive in, I do want to say a quick word about the Scattered Abroad Network. If you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast channel, the, the Master Feed. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube, Instagram. You can email us at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. And we certainly appreciate you listening. All right, Jonathan, I'm going to start here with 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. What I love about this verse is Peter's understanding and knowledge of the Old Testament and how he connects these thoughts. Because if you go back to Deuteronomy 7, for example, God talks about Israel being his people, being his chosen people. He said, I didn't choose you because you were a great number. Why did God choose them? Well, because God made a promise to Abraham, right? Genesis 12, 3, and God's right. going to keep his promises. So he says, I'm going to use you. You are my people. But then when you get to the New Testament, what I love about this is just the assurance we can have as Christians, as members of the church. And and what jumped out to me when it talks about weathering the storm is sometimes sometimes we face a storm of inadequacy, right? We think, I'm a Christian, I'm in Christ, but can, can I really enjoy all this? Am I good enough? I mean, that's just the way we think. Am I really good enough to to have this? When you read these words, that may be a storm you face, but think about what God thinks about you. And what I love is he sees you who you are right now. We see ourselves sometimes of who we were. Yeah. But God points out here, this is what you are. This is who you are to me. You are, that language is important. You are a chosen generation. This is who you are. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. And then I love it. You are his own special people. That's powerful. But but what are we to do because of that? Not just sit around and say, hey, I'm I'm part of God's people. Know that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. That's where we were. Yeah. Into his marvelous light. And then look at the language. Who once were not a people, but are now. So you've got you are. Now you've got are now, the people of God. You had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. So that passage helps me to weather the storm because I'm in the body of Christ. I obeyed his gospel. Not anything special that I did. I just responded by faith to what God said to do. And now here's who we are. And Jonathan, you and I enjoy this as Christians. We're in the body of Christ. We are 
the chosen generation. Uh, we are the people of God. We are his own special people. And we don't say that with any kind of, you know, pharisaical attitude looking down on the religious world. It's not that. It's but praise be to God. Pra- exactly. We, yeah. We're proclaiming the praises of him who did that for us. That's right. I couldn't have done that on my own. We couldn't have done that on our own. I was no. in darkness. And yeah. without God and without Jesus, I'd still be there. But because of his willingness to call me out of that, called by the gospel, now we're in this marvelous light. We are walking and stepping in the light as we sing the song. We are the people of God. So yeah. there are storms that are going to come our way, but that's a passage right there that's, that's one of my all-time favorites because it points out this is who you were, but this is who you are to God. And sometimes we, we get caught up looking in the mirror or even, even comparing ourselves to others. And at the end of the day, what matters the most is who are you in the sight of God? And this is who God says we are. Yeah, I think we forget sometimes how special we are to him. Mm-hmm. It's like we, we, like you said a while ago, we look back at ourselves and we compare ourselves to our old selves. Yeah. But even Paul, mm-hmm. you know, Peter's bringing out the same point that Paul brought out. He was like, look, you're now a new creature. That's right. That, that old stuff. That's that's Dead. done and it's it's gone, man. Yeah, you are now a new creature in Christ, and I think Peter wanted to bring that same thing out. So don't feel like if you're listening at home right now, and maybe you have been one of those people who have been completely, uh, you destroy yourself. You don't give yourself a chance because before before anybody else gives you a chance, uh, you write it off because you, you think of yourself as not worthy or or anything like that. Well, here's the thing: none of us were. None of us are except through Christ. And even 2,000 years ago, Paul, Peter, they were all trying to bring us to that that same point. Those people were, those early Christians, they were dealing with the same kind of stuff that we deal with right now. They wanted to look back at at themselves for who they used to be. But you see the apostles bringing to their attention, hey, look, stop looking at yourself as that old guy anymore. You're not that person anymore. Right Now you've been made new. Now there's something that you're you're now chosen. You're royal. You're holy. You're yeah. special. That's it. So proclaim. You got a purpose. Yeah. Proclaim the praises of Him. That's it. Yes, sir. That's like I said. That's one that I I love. And really, going into verse ten, because for a long time I would just go to verse nine and and emphasize. You know, we are the body of Christ. There's one church. But then when you go into verse ten, it's even deeper. Uh, just the language. You are now. But now, it just shows where God has taken us, and that's that's an awesome thing. So, that's my first one. What about yours? Okay, my first one was First uh, Peter three fifteen, uh, thirteen and fifteen. So, if you will look over there, if you've got your Bibles, turn over to chapter three, verses thirteen through fifteen, and we'll look at that. I just wanted to talk about weathering the storm of uh, suffering for right and wrong. Mm-hmm. In verses thirteen through fifteen, uh, it says this. It says. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? For, uh, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Be ready, and don't be don't be ashamed. He says, look, you're going to, even if you do suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed. Yeah. That's the promise that I have. And that's one of the things that I, 
it doesn't matter what I go without on this side. Mm-hmm. It right. doesn't matter what things don't work out for me on this side, because as long as I know I'm keeping the first things first, mm-hmm. as long as I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I have this promise. No matter what I suffer now, I will be blessed. And I'm reminded again of Paul when he said in Romans chapter eight, yep. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. Right. Guess what? We're going to have such more blessings that await, mm-hmm. so much more blessings that await. We don't have to stress. Right. We don't have to worry. And I think Peter, the apostles wanted us to know that. The apostles wanted the followers of Christ to understand that you are doing this for a deeper purpose. And later, even though you don't, you might have some hard times right now, yeah. you'll be all right. That's right. But in the meantime, don't forget your purpose. That's verse 15. Yep. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts That's and right. always be ready. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to always be ready. Mm-hmm. to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that's in you. And this is why, to sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts. Be, right. be Sanctify him and always be ready. That's the whole thing. That's what we are doing. It's mm-hmm. just like what you talked about a while ago. Yeah. To bring it back to him and his glory, right. his praise. That's it. And it's amazing the connection between that text and what we just studied there. Yeah. The idea of sanct that's who we are. We are sanctified, set apart for a holy purpose. That's the whole point. A chosen generation, royal priesthood. And now what you're bringing out is, yeah, I'm going to struggle. Yeah, I'm going to suffer. But the calm far outweighs the storm. Exactly. And sometimes the calm comes here and there. We're talking about the ultimate calm, the eternal calm, the eternal rest that we await for. Yeah, we're going to struggle. We're going to have storms. But that calm that's coming, it's going it's to be worth it. I didn't have this originally written down, but I just looked down at the text and it, and I saw it in verses 16 and 17. Peter tells them exactly what's going to happen to those who uh, are coming against them. He says, having a good conscience that when you defame, uh, when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. That's right. So guess what? They're going to get what's coming to them. You just keep doing what you got to do. Right. And don't worry so much. Don't Don't stress it. Because here's the thing. If we keep the main thing, the main thing, God's going to keep us right where we need to be. And we will be blessed even if we have to suffer for righteousness sake. That's right. That was great. And that's, that's a great passage uh, for sure. That's, that's really good. Well, I'm going to move on to my second one. Uh, going back to First Peter 2. In fact, it's the next two verses. Got really creative in that one. Um, <laughs> but like you were saying, we're, we're doing this within the context of weathering the storm. And how can we help? you know, our listeners to to see this and apply it. So First Peter 2, 11 and 12, he says, Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Isn't it interesting? In all three that we've mentioned, it all goes back to glorifying God. Amen. Every bit of it. You, and that's really, we can entitle this entire Lesson today, glorifying God through the storm. That's what Peter is emphasizing because he wants to invigorate his audience with hope. That's the whole point. You're going through struggles. You're having trial by fire, but keep that hope in front of you. Uh, Here he he reminds them, you're sojourners and pilgrims. You know, this world is not my home, just passing through. (laughs) And because of that, abstain, put it away, have nothing to do with it. Fleshly lust, and look at the warning. 
which war against the soul. There is a war going on. Yeah. There's no doubt. It's not a physical one. It's spiritual in nature. Revelation 17, 14, the lamb's going to be victorious. That's right. They're going to wage war against him, and they're going to lose. So we need to be on the lamb's side. We got to be on his side. (laughs) Exactly. And because of that, you have your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. For, For our purposes, you live like a Christian in this world that's in darkness. You reflect that light and love, everything that you do. So even when they do speak against you as evildoers, they know, like you said a moment ago, they know in the final analysis, they're going to observe your good works and they're going to say, you know what? He really believed that or she really believed that. Yeah. And their God really is worth glorifying. On the day of visitation, when it's all said and done, everybody's going to see that. So that's a challenge for us. But as we wage the war, that's a storm for sure. As we fight against the fleshly lust, we fight against the things that, that, that this world has to offer. This is a passage that we can remember that will help us to weather really whatever storm comes our way. So that was, uh, that was my second one. I know it was right there in the text, but hopefully for those of you who are listening, you can see this common theme. And we didn't look at these verses. We kind of mentioned where we were going, but it all boils down to glorifying God, even in the midst of that storm. If you like those, you're going to love this next one. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, chapter four, verses one and two. Yeah. It's going to say about the same thing. Uh, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. There you go. Boom. There's your purpose. That's it. Our purpose is to glorify him, to praise him, and to put him first, and to make sure that his will is fulfilled. You go back. I can't help every time I think about his will being fulfilled. I I remember Jesus in the garden. Right. And even in the moment, and, and I... That may have been his greatest moment of weakness right there. At that moment, he re- he realized and he knew yeah. what was about to come. Mm-hmm. And he literally prayed, if if there's any other way, let this right. cup pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That's right. Then we see the Hebrew writer said that for the uh, glory that was set before him, he endured the cross. Right. And so he's putting the will of God at the forefront of yeah. everything. That's right. And when the will of God becomes our joy and doing and fulfilling the will of God becomes our joy. We will, will be strengthened. And Peter wanted sure. us to know that. Look, it says, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. I've got to get my old way of thinking out of the way. Right. Because now I'm that new creature yep. that we've been talking about. I'm that new person, that royal, that chosen generation, that royal priesthood, that special people. Mm-hmm. I have to think like him. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. I've got to put away those old things. I got to stop living, uh, uh, sinning with the devil, yeah. and start living with the Lord. There That's, you go. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's right. But he no longer should live in the uh, the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, for the desires of men. I can't live after my own things, and I have to remind myself of that on a daily basis, even now, sure. uh, because those thoughts and those desires, I don't think they go away. No, I don't know that they ever will. I think that it becomes easier to withstand those mm-hmm. desires and those thoughts. But here's the thing. If, if we keep the main thing, the main thing, 
if we're always looking to please God and we're always reminding ourselves that it's not for my will, but it's for his will, that I'm not living for Jonathan anymore, Mm -hmm. that I'm not living for Drew anymore, but we are living together for the Lord. Right. Right. Then as his church, all of us who are listening today will have much more strength and much more encouragement to just keep on going. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's, that's his main thing. He, Peter wants those who were suffering at that time, like you said a while ago, to be comforted. Right. That first of all, you're going to be okay as long as you keep on looking to the Lord. Exactly. And that's, that's a great thought. And you know, what's interesting about that is just a few verses earlier in chapter three and verse 18, talks about Jesus suffering for us, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. It's all about that, isn't it? It's all about bringing us to God and bringing us to a level of spiritual maturity. Like you said, I don't live for me anymore. Galatians 2.20. Jesus died for me. I live for him. And and Peter is, he's really emphasizing the importance of, of the hope that you have. Going back to your previous one, verse 15, a reason for the hope that is in you. Christ suffered for us. You've got the hope now of eternal life. So don't live any more time that God gives you. You, yeah. you did it in verse three in chapter four. It says you, you did enough of that. And, and I'd say a, a shameful amen. I, I spent too much time living like the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, so now the time that you have left that go every time God gives you, don't waste any more of your time living for the world. You know, redeem the time and live for God. God forbid that I should glory. Saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen to that. Um, I I just noticed something too while we were uh, while you were talking. In verse one, it says, "Arm yourselves." Mm -hmm. We talked about in verse eleven of chapter two, where it says a a war is going on, and then and earlier when I talked about chapter three, verse fifteen, there's this idea of being ready. And so over and over, we're going to see the same kind of thing. He's like, "Look, there's stuff that's coming against us, Mm -hmm. but in those moments where things are coming against us, remember." Jesus. There you go. Remember him. That's right. And be prepared for it. That's right. Just and be prepared. That's right. Well, and that, that transitions us well into our last uh, verses that we have. Here's my third and final one for this episode. And, and this is a well-known passage. I understand that. But again, we're talking about passages, lessons from First Peter that have helped us weather the storm. And this one certainly is something I try to keep in mind a lot. First uh, Peter 5, 6 through 9. Peter says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. That is a packed passage, and and I believe... And I say this lovingly, we do a disservice to the text if we just quote verse eight. Yeah. You know, and, and that's so, I mean, we need to know that, that yes, that Satan is our adversary. He is like a lion. He's looking for that one soul. That's all he wants, just one at a time. We understand that. But when you back up a little bit, look at, look at the preparation for Satan, if I can put it that way, the preparation to fight against him. What's it going to take? First, it's going to take humility. You talked about arming yourselves and, and being ready. You got to humble yourself. I can't do this on my own. I need God. I need the strength that he provides. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, not under your mighty hand, under the mighty hand of God. And what's he going to do? If I humble myself, he will exalt me. 
And then I love this. Cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. You as an individual, God knows what storms you are facing and he cares. Sometimes we we might think nobody cares. Nobody's listening. That's not true. God sees it and God cares. Going back to 1 Peter 3.12, right? The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. God cares. So humble yourselves, be exalted, know that God cares, and then you read verse 8. To me, that, that jumps out. Yeah. Now, because you've humbled yourself, because you know that God is, is with you, now you be sober-minded. You be focused. You be alert. You be vigilant, going back to that military term. Yeah. Here's why you need to do that. What are we, what are we supposed to do, though? Verse 9, here's your battle call. Resist him steadfast in the faith and know that you're not the only one doing it. That's right. Th- that reminds me of, of Elijah, right? First Kings 18, great victory on Mount Carmel. First Kings 19, he's under the tree. He says, Lord, take my life, right? And God sends the angel. You need to eat something. You need to get, you need to get some strength. But toward the end, he, he talks about all the thousands of people that have not put the knee to bail. And that reminds me of this. It's encouraging for me to know that I struggle with this temptation, but I'm not the only one doing it. No yeah. temptation taking you such as common to man, right? First Corinthians right. 10, 13. Peter says, the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You've got a family. You've got a brotherhood of warriors, and you all have the same armor on. And wow. you all have a common enemy, but you also have the common captain, right? You've got the common leader who is the lamb, who's going to be victorious. So that passage right there helps me a lot when the storm comes. And that's the storm of temptation. It might be the storm of false humility. It could be the storm of pride. You, you pick your storm and you plug in 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9. Humble yourselves. God will exalt you. Satan hates you, but God cares for you. Yeah. And his care and his love for us is what's going to win in the end. So resist him. Be steadfast in the faith. So not only is God on our side, our brethren in the world who are suffering the same things are on our side. Praise God, we are not alone. Amen. That's right. Exactly. And sometimes being in the storm, if at least I know I got somebody with me, then I can get through it. And I can't help but think about the disciples. Master, master, we're perishing. Yeah. And to know that Jesus was on the boat with them, imagine that moment when he said, Peace be still. <laughs> and the, the truth of the matter is. When the Lord is in your boat, He has that same power today. He can calm your storm. So when Jesus is in the boat with us, we can do it. We can handle and it. Remember, yeah, of course, He has the power to cease the storm. Right. But also remember that our suffering yeah. is also purposeful. In verse 10, it says, uh, after you have suffered a while, that these things may perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. There you that go. Christ may do all these things because of the suffering right. that we're going through. So sometimes, yes, of course, remember the power that he has right. to cease the storm, but then also remember that these are meant. There's a purpose for it. Too. That's right. There's a reason for it. And here we go again, verse 11, yeah. that uh, you may glorify God. That's the whole point, isn't it? To him be glory. To yeah. him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And rightfully so, because he equips us to weather the storm. All right, Big J, what's your last one? All right, let's see. Um, I had 
you know, you said you were creative or, or original here. <laughs> I had kind of a continuation of chapter four yeah. verses three and following. Um, okay. I, I told you I had two more on there, but what I'll do is instead of just kind of bringing uh, two more to the table. We'll just do one and I'll read from verses three uh, and and down. Okay. It says, uh, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. And then verses 7 through 11 says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers, and above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as a good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. In all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All of that being said, we need to remember that when dealing with unholy people and trying to live a holy life, first of all, the reward of those who are unholy. Yeah. He said that God said that, you know, the, the, those people are going to fall under the judgment of the Mm -hmm. one who, uh, holds the world in his hands, you know? And then also while we understand and we have comfort knowing that we don't have to worry, uh, and, but we just have to continue being faithful. Don't forget your service to the Lord right. and to the kingdom. Right. And it's all to be as the end of that says in verse 11, to the glory of God. It's all wrapped up. We're doing everything that we're doing. We're suffering the things that we're suffering. We are going through the things that we're going through. We're remembering the reward, the, our reward and the reward of those who are unholy. Right. And we're continuing to serve God for his glory. Right. And really, all these passages just gel really well. It's almost like there's the same author, you know? Yeah. Um, and of course, Peter's inspired of the Holy Spirit. But the Spirit used the background and experiences of these men, what they went through. And when studying the life of Peter, like we've done in previous episodes, for him to say this, it shows his growth. It shows his yeah. spiritual maturity. And he tells his audience, hey, I've suffered too. You don't know what it feels like to deny the Lord three times and weep and be weeping bitterly all night. You know, you don't know what it's like to be withstood in the face like, like Paul did. So Peter had been through some stuff. And now he can write and say, listen, kind of similar to what Solomon does in Ecclesiastes. Been there, done that. I've experienced it. What's the conclusion? Fear God, keep his commandments. Peter, in his own way, says, fear God, live for him, weather the storm. You know? Yeah. That that's first Peter. So, Jonathan, I appreciate your study and your thoughts, and hopefully our audience. Uh, if you'll combine this episode, episode fourteen and episode thirteen, you'll have a, a slew of passages from the book of First Peter, and we hope you'll join us in our next episode as we jump into the book of Second Peter. Uh, but certainly, we hope that, as we've mentioned in every passage, that God is glorified through this effort, and we hope and pray that this episode and all these episodes will help you in some way to weather the storm.
Thank you so much. May God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.